What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chaz Pearson, and this is the Outlet Forum Podcast with my esteemed co-host, Chris Camello. What's up, Chris? What up, what up, Chaz? Hey, baby, you know what it is. Every week, a new fire podcast because something else is always happening in the NBA world. Of course, we'll get to all of your social media posts, to the, but we got to start off. Whose side are you on, KD or Joe Sy, with everything that's going on with the Ke- Kevin Durant development? We'll get into a little bit of the LeBron James meeting. He had his initial meeting with uh, Rob Palenka and the Lakers. And Sue Bird has played her final WNBA home game. We'll talk a little bit about her impact as well. But Chris, how you doing, man? I mean, finally, we get a little bit more traction and a little bit more news. I mean, nothing too crazy that we already didn't know or already didn't figure. But it seems like KD took matters into his own hands. And I, for one, think it's a genius move based on what his uh objectives are with having a trade request but talk to me a little bit about what you think what the developments of what happened in the past couple days with sham sharania of the athletic dropping a story that pretty much said that over the weekend kevin durant who was in london uh had a meeting with josiah it sounds like josiah uh flew out to london um london London was the spot where Travis Scott had his first arena show since he uh, since he had had uh, the show where the, the kids had died and um, were trampled over. So uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant, who were friends of Travis Scott, uh, made it out to the show. And it sounds like KD killed two birds at one stone by supporting his boy and taking care of some business as well. It's being reported that he sat down, Kevin Durant, that is, sat down with Joe Sy and reiterated that he does still want to be traded and then doubled down on the fact that he wants Sean Marks and Steve Nash to be gone from the organization if Josiah really wants KD to stay. And promptly, shortly thereafter, after that story being dropped, I believe at what, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Monday, uh, I think by maybe 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, maybe a matter of four to five hours, Josiah came out with a tweet that says that uh, he has all of the confidence in his front office and his support. And the second sentence of the tweet is what really stood out to me. He said, we will do what it, what is in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. And I interpret that to mean many different things. I'll go into that. But Chris, I got to start with you. What's your take on number one, KD's approach and how this has played out? And whose side are you taking? Side or KD? Not a bad story for the dog days of August, huh? Like Tony not Montano, bad. not like Tony Montana once said, every dog has his day, man. Hey, uh, hey man. <laughs> hey, man. Um, okay. So Kevin Durant now doubled down on it as, as if we thought maybe things can cool down, right? We saw it last summer in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers. We saw that, hey, you know what? I'm willing to give Matt LaFleur and the front office a second chance and let's see what we can do and whatnot. So we signed in, he signed an extension basically. Durant basically said, not only do I still want to be traded, but if you want to keep me, it's either me or Marks and Nash. And within hours of that meeting, Joe Sy comes out with that tweet. And I got to say to Joe Sy, Bra. Oh, yeah? oh, yes, because here's the thing. The one thing, you know, in this era of partnership and player empowerment, and I think players for years have, have done a fantastic job building up their, their power and their leverage and, and throwing that around. But I got to say, when, when you're a guy like Joe side that it's like, Hey, you know what? Enough's enough over here. All right. We've done a lot of good by you, meaning Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? We've done a lot of good for you. You came in here, torn Achilles. We gave you a max contract, not knowing what you were going to look like. Second, you have not played a full season for this organization. You didn't play the 20 season. 
recovering from the Achilles, as we expected. In 2021, it was a COVID-shortened season, no fans and whatnot. Plus, you were coming off the injury itself, so you didn't even play 82 games. And then this past year, you missed six to eight weeks. You You didn't want Kenny Atkinson. We got him out of there. You wanted DeAndre Jordan, and it was obvious that DJ's best days were behind him. But you know what? He's your pal. And of course, all these guys are our pals. So, okay, we're going to fork over 40 million. No problem. Even if that means stunting the development of a future all-star in Jared Allen. But even that's not a problem, okay? You wanted to get rid of Kenny Atkinson, who, by the way, just won a championship under Steve Kerr with the Golden State Warriors and almost took a head coaching job uh, with the Charlotte Hornets before his better sentence came to him. We get rid of him. You want us to hire Steve Nash, which in... My opinion, Chaz, was not an upgrade. I'm sorry, Steve Nash, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards of all time, 75th uh, year anniversary team, great. Doesn't mean you could coach. I'm sorry. That's just the fact right there. Ask Magic Johnson, ask Jason Kidd. I agree. I agree agree with that. Yeah, so ask Jason Kidd in his early years without any You you spit nothing but facts so far. Keep going. Exactly. Okay, You, you wanted to pair up with Kyrie Irving? Fine, we did all that. Then you say... We want to get James Harden. We want to develop a super team. Okay. And we're going to have to mortgage the farm now. Bye-bye, Karis LeVert. Bye-bye, Spencer Dinwiddie. Bye-bye, Jared Allen. All of these other really good young role players that they've had through the years that, by the way, were not lottery picks, but were guys that were scouted by Sean Marks. Yeah. Sean Marks found talent where no one else saw talent. Nobody knew who these guys were. Sean Marks did. Okay, fine. We bring in James Harden, injuries happen, second round, toe on the line, whatever. Okay, we get bit by that. Harden wants to leave. We grant that request. By the way, he left because, not because of Sean Marks, and certainly not because of me, because of you, meaning Kevin Durant, because you did not control the situation with Kyrie as a quote-unquote leader of the team. So now you sign a four-year deal last year that kicks in this year, $198 million, almost 50 mil a year annually, knowing who the head coach was, knowing who the general manager was. If you had any doubts, why didn't you bring it up then? Yeah, we had a rough year. You got hurt. Kyrie couldn't play. Harden was out of shape, wanted out. We bring in Ben Simmons. He doesn't play. Joe Harris gets hurt. A lot of other guys get hurt. Okay. Hey, it happens. Boston, we lost to a team that came two in short of the NBA championship. You have the balls now to dictate to me. By the way, I'm still the one signing your checks that you want a clean house. No, because what have you done for me? You haven't even gotten to a conference finals. You haven't played a full season. I could seriously question whether your best days are behind you. So, yes, hell yes, I stand with Joe Sy on that. Now, that being said, Chaz, I'm going to turn it over to you. There's still a compromise here. The compromise oh, there is. is. Yes, here's the compromise. I'm going to keep Sean Marks. He's ballsy. He's got a great uh, 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 attention to detail. He knows how to find talent. And I, I will consider dumping Steve Nash because that was a bad hire. But, by the way, that was your guy, your pal. We all want pals. We don't want any accountability. We just want guys who are going to be spineless yes men, right? So that's the situation uh, I there. So I, I think there is a compromise to be worked out here. And if not, we're going to do what's best for us. We are going to try to get the best deal possible for you because you're still a top five player in this league, injury prone and all. Well, you spit a lot of facts and I hear you but I'm going to respectfully disagree. And here's why I keep trying to tell you, Chris, the owners are the owners, but the owners aren't anything without who the players. We're not, we're not going to watch Joe side, put a, put a ball in the basket or run up the court. So at the end of the day, the product has the most leverage. And personally, I see this from a purple and gold goggle standpoint. I told you guys, I started this, I am a unapologetic, uh, unapologetic Laker apologist. 
Okay, I see everything through purple and gold goggles. Yes, unapologetic Laker apologist. Okay, Okay. exactly. It is an oxymoron. Shout out John Ireland. Um, (laughs) Look, man. Sorry. What? So what? So so you make so you make a trade trade request on June thirtieth. Look, man. Steve Nash wasn't going to stop KD from getting his two hundred mil. Sean Marks wasn't going to stand in the way of him getting his two hundred mil. Joe Sy wasn't going to stand in the way of Katie getting his 200 mil because he's that good. He's put in the work. That contract that he got isn't based on projections on what he will do. Like when players are that good, it's not based on what we think they're going to do. It's supposed to be, but really it's more so about the respect that we give you based on what you've already done in the league and the cachet for guys like that, for for Katie, for Steph, Steph, for Giannis. At one point, it'll be Giannis, Embiid. LeBron, who's still 38, could, could get almost $100 million on a two-year two deal. There is certain players that are going to get deals based off of what they've done, as well as what they're projected to do, but more so the cash shape and the respect that they've been able to garner in the time since they've been in the league and the re- reputation that they've been able to cultivate based on the hard work that they've done. So with that being said, KD makes his trade requests. But it doesn't go his way. Why? Because Brooklyn sets an astronomical, first of all, Utah and Danny Ainge completely screws the entire NBA by trading Rudy Gobert for four first round picks and the 22nd pick in this past year's draft. Forgot what the guy's name was that was drafted, but he was a a first round pick as well. So pretty much five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. The Brooklyn Nets set an astronomical price for KD. They don't even want to hear, they don't even want to hear offers that, you know, don't have at least a star in them. So that's why Toronto hasn't even offered Scotty Barnes. Hmm. New Orleans hasn't offered Brandon Ingram, but could. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. Uh, Boston not offering Jason Tatum, but maybe Jalen Brown. Phoenix wants KD bad, but won't throw in Booker. There's a reason why these players aren't being offered, right? So KD has to take matters into his own hand. It's been six weeks since he's made this trade request and nothing has moved. And he clearly doesn't want to be there. And now he's so losing what, leverage though. So, so what, so what can, so no, hold on. What can he do? What can he do? Pull out the bazooka in his pocket. He that's the bazooka is him not showing up to training camp. That's the bazooka this one. So he pulled out the pistol. Okay. okay. I don't mean to be insensitive with the shootings that are going on, but now he pulls out the AR-15. Okay. And he is going to Josiah and tells him to hit not only over the phone, but to his face. I don't want to be here. And not only do I want to be here, I need Marks and Nash gone. Me personally, I don't think he actually feels that way. He knows that Sean Marks and Steve Nash aren't going to be fired. He knows that that puts Josiah in a tough position. So if it's me or them, I want me gone. I already know you're going to choose them. So just go ahead and trade me. And what I think it does, it's a genius move because it lowers the asking price for KD at this point. Why? Because you cannot go into the season with a player as great as KD being disgruntled. It It's going to kill all of the rest of the players that are, even if Kyrie does stay, even if Ben Simmons is off the injury report and playing great, even if Seth Curry and Joe Harris comes back from injury and Royce O'Neal plays great and TJ Warren is just like he was in the bubble and everything goes great, KD being KD is going to kill any continuity and cohesion that you have with that team because he's disgruntled and doesn't want to be there. And you cannot go into training camp with that. You can possibly go into training camp with a disgruntled James Harden like the Houston Rockets did. You could go into training camp with a disgruntled John Wall like also the Houston Rockets did and the Washington Wizards did at one point. Um, you, there are certain players that you can go into a season disgruntled with. Maybe even Kyrie for that matter. Here's the but problem. Katie, Katie is too big. I got you. But Katie is too big of a player because of that. And the last thing I'll say on why on why I think it's a genius move is because it is going to be the first big domino that goes into the rest of the league. There are so many players that are waiting for this to happen. So that way other teams know that they're out of the KD running and they can make their moves ancillary to what they need and so on and so forth. And players will get moved. And I hope 
Kyrie somehow will find his way to the LA Lakers. But nothing, absolutely nothing will shake in this league until KD gets moved. And that's my opinion on it. And and those are all valid points. Where I am looking at it from is the responsibility aspect, not just from signing the contract, but what that represents. You committed to this franchise. Maybe, maybe you committed to this franchise, whether you think you were getting paid for what you did in, in Golden State and Oklahoma City. There's still a responsibility there to honor that especially in a franchise that has done a lot of good by you. And I, I am telling it to you as it is. And I'm telling you this as well. I'm not from New York, but I'll tell you this. Those fans are, are not going to, those fans are not going to accept that either. They are going to see Kevin Durant as a trader because here you are making all this money. You haven't really given this a fair shake. There's been a lot of turnover, not enough continuity. And now you want out. And I cannot blame Josiah or Sean Marks for trying to do what's best for the franchise because they lost a lot in all of these deals. Yeah, they got something back from Ben Simmons. We still don't know what Ben's going to look like. We don't know what those picks are potentially going to look like. So they... What? A fair shake? He played there three years. Well, two, because he was hurt one. But I mean, damn. Did you not hear anything that I said in the first? I heard everything you said. Didn't play the first year, not a full season because it wasn't 82 games. And he missed six to eight weeks. Is that his fault? Is that his fault that that COVID happened and that it was All the more reason why I, I said this from the beginning, Chaz. Give it one more year. Because even though we're holding Kyrie's feet to the fire, it doesn't mean that. You, that doesn't really apply to you. Let me let me ask you this. So let's see what we could do with all of our guys coming back, with Ben coming back, full season with Seth, full season with Joe Harris. You got Claxton coming back. You got Mills. You just picked up Warren. You got Royce O'Neal. You got a good squad. That is the problem. You're not giving this a fair shake. You don't like the direction? What planet is this cat on, man? Can Seriously. Question, Chris? This is an honest question. I'm going to get a little personal. Go ahead. Have, have you ever dated a chick that you didn't like? Yeah. That you, well, that you, well, that, that, I you get th- it. that you thought you liked initially, but then you get into it and it's not as good as what you first thought it was. I mean, I think we all have, right? I mean, listen, j- j- getting personal. A lot of the women were like, you know, <laughs> like single I mean, moms, divorcees, hey, all hey, man, of that. Hey, yeah. every, everybody has their preference i'm just yeah. saying but i'm talking early I, years yeah i'm okay. looking i'm looking at it like that man if you if you with somebody and you know you don't want to be with them but on paper it they are everybody you probably should be with but you just not feeling it why would you give yourself another year with that person if you already know how you feel but on paper to everybody else you should do this but you just don't feel it in here because you're not vibing with her or him for the ladies that are out there that listen to the podcast. Because this isn't a personal relationship. It's still a business. Hold on, hold on. But we're still people. Hold on. You're right. You're right. But we're still people at the end of the day and people's feelings. You're reaching, but okay. This is not a reach. I'm just giving you an, I'm just giving you an, why should he give it another year if he already knows he doesn't want to be there, knowing that he's 34, knowing that he's coming off a catastrophic Achilles injury, knowing that he only has so many good years left? Because, why, would he, why would he give it another year? <laughs> to be quite honest, because nothing is going to fulfill him at this point. Nothing. Oklahoma That's your City opinion, didn't, though. No, on, Oklahoma Chris. City didn't fulfill him. That's an opinion. Golden That's not a State, fact. Golden That's State didn't fulfill him. He's he's searching to for a bridge to nowhere. I think just that is the problem with Kevin Durant. He doesn't want one to of be, the most I, skilled basketball players I have ever seen. I will take that to the grave. Top five small forward all time. Uh, six just, foot twelve walking mismatch. Whatever you want to call him, he is skilled. A five tool player. The I just, problem I, just, I have is him as a leader, the pettiness that he that he has shown, and the fact that every exit has always seemed to be somebody else's fault instead of him looking inward. That's the issue. He was quick to throw a lot of people in Golden State under the bus, even though all they did was bring him in with open arms. 
and allow him to be him. I want to, I want to go back to what you said about. That's my problem with Kevin Durant. I want to go back. My problem with what you said is he signed a contract. He signed a contract. He signed a contract, but God damn it. What happens to these owners when they decide that they don't want the contract no more? They trade it. That's not happening as often anymore. uh, But I'm just telling you, if somebody doesn't want to, hey, if KD sleeps with Joe Sai's wife and Joe Sai wants KD out, K- this ain't business. Joe Sai could trade KD for a, a first round pick and whatever else he needs to to make the money work per the CBA rules. If he doesn't want KD, he doesn't have to keep him. Why is that? Why is there a double standard for the players? Why, why, why can't somebody of KD's stature be able to say, I don't want to be here. I signed the contract under these pretenses that this was going to happen. This has happened instead. If you get new information, you can't make a decision based off the new information. I do. So, I just don't, so, I'm so uncertain so, what that new so, information so is. So you haven't so made driving, that no, 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 no. So if I'm driving, so if I'm driving somewhere and I see that there's a thunderstorm and I decide to stop and go, get a hotel instead of keep driving, that's me getting new information and making a move based off of that. I'm giving you a basic analogy. KD got new information this past season. James Harden isn't there. Uh, Kyrie obviously isn't meshing well with the with the front office. He probably doesn't feel very strongly about Steve Nash, which is why he asked for Steve Nash to be gone. And this actually plays into what I told you a few weeks ago. I told you KD wasn't driving the bus when it came to all these decisions. It was Kyrie, and he was just capitulating to his boy. I knew he didn't want Steve Nash, which is why he asked for Steve Nash to be gone. Like all of this is making sense. And to me, I don't think every player should be able to say, and that's Yo, the compromise. I signed the contract. I need to get out of here. No, not every player, but there are certain players. If they feel that they want to go and they say they want to go, it is what it is. You just, I'm that, saying that's, see that's the process the through and be willing to throw out a blanket ultimatum like that. It's Marks and, and Nash or me like that's that's chicken shit. I to- I'm sorry. I that's you. chicken shit. It for an is, organization was, that has done well by you. It would be if it was real, Chris. It's not real. It's just a tactic to implore them to lower their asking price to get him the hell out of Brooklyn. I'm I'm trying to tell you that. But I'll tell you this though. I and, and let me and and I touched on this, but we didn't really go back. I think that is the compromise here to get rid of Steve Nash because if Kyrie, like we saw in uh that that tweet and that story from I believe it's is it is it hoops wire hoops hype something like that they said that Kyrie uh, yeah is, com- coming from the New York Post saying that oh, from Kyrie okay. is also not happy with Nets and Steve Nash on Marks somebody else has come out and walked that back saying that Kyrie doesn't even speak in that vernacular he doesn't hate Steve Nash like and hate is a very strong and word, then, so and then there was why another story why they would walk that back and then wasn't there another story saying, and this is the confusion here. This is what we've been dealing with all, all off season that Kyrie was in a good place and that he wanted to be in net too. We saw that just a few days ago. Yeah. And that's, and to be, and all of this to me is just posturing based on what story is coming out and what narrative is being floated for that week. At the end of the day, I can see through all of it. In my opinion, Katie and Kyrie have agreed that they don't want to be there anymore. And if they both can get out, they will. Kyrie has to play nice because he's the one that opted in. He controls nothing, okay? That's why Kyrie is playing nice and you're hearing all these great stories. Katie, Katie don't got to play nice. Number one, he's better than Kyrie. He's already got his deal and it's already signed, sealed, and delivered. And if he want to go, he can go. There's a completely difference between those two. You're not wrong on that, which leads me to, to door number three. Two potential options here. One, you get Ky- Kyrie and KD, and this is your Hail Mary here. You say this, we're going to keep Sean Marks, but we're going to dump Steve Nash, and we're going to hire a coach. Not a, You guys want to have a say in the process? That's fine, but you just saying we've been Ooh, through that. The Brooklyn Nets searching for a coach <laughs> a month out from training camp? I don't think he would do that. Still, but. still some good candidates out there, just saying, the, the so, some guys you could promote from within, whether it be Jock Vaughn or David Vanderpool, or or I think Vanderpool's in Minnesota. So you you know you you put something out there. It's dicey. It's unusual, but if that's what it's going to take to keep these guys together and to keep your general manager, I think you owe it to yourself to do that. The second aspect is this: 
you say to yourself, okay, we're going to trade you, but it's not going to be on your timeline. And it's certainly not going to be what exactly you want to dictate where, where exactly you want to go, whether it be Toronto or Boston or Miami, obviously those are the three teams in the lead and, and could put together the, the most attractive packages. Brooklyn still has to do what's best for them, especially with KD because Kyrie, their options are a lot more limited because he is on the final year of that contract. And which leads us to the next point. Does this set up a pathway of Kyrie coming to the Lakers jazz? It does. And, and to get right into that, KD is the first domino that needs to fall in order for anything to move and shake. As far as the free agency market, there are plenty of free agents that are still out there like Carmelo Anthony and Colin Sexton, who's a restricted free agent. Um, there's talks about Julius Randle possibly getting traded. There's talks about Donovan Mitchell possibly being traded for Julius Randle. He's made his trade request. Danny Ainge is clearly having a fire sale and won't come off Donovan Mitchell reportedly unless he gets a, at least five or six picks because he knows that New York Knicks have at least eight first round picks, four of their own and four of uh, other teams that they control. So this KD news is very, very big because it's going to start the dominoes falling for everything to be coming in place. Also because the NBA is going to be putting out their NBA schedule next week. And the sooner they know who's going to be playing on what team, the better matchups that we'll possibly get on days like Christmas, Martin Luther King day, uh, at post all-star break, so on and so forth. So yeah. this has some caveat and some caveats and some variables to it that aren't being discussed. A I believe, effect. yeah, you're I, right. I believe that this needs to happen, but in all of that, what took place last week was a very important meeting for Laker fans. LeBron James became eligible last Thursday for a two year, $97, million extension, $97.1 million extension max. Um, due to the age 38 rule, he can't sign a deal over two years that he's going to be 38 at the end of the year and sources have told chris haynes that lebron james in this meeting with rob palenka and darvin ham he drilled home quote the importance of consistent competitiveness and cohesion noting that last teams didn't give themselves a chance on many nights um it also goes on to read that darvin ham agreed with james and reiterated that his main objectives are to hold everyone accountable and foster an atmosphere of selflessness, sources said. Uh, he voiced that defensive tenacity needs to be picked up across the roster. But here's the thing that stood out to me the most. Rob Palenka, quote, made his feelings clear that he wants James to not only reti to retire as a Laker and promise to provide him with every resource possible to compete for a championship each year that he's with the organization. And the funniest thing that I saw in this is that the team is also hopeful for a corner three shooting percentage bump from Russell Westbrook next season. That's not happening, guys. Russell Westbrook is not going to shoot better from the corner, let alone his, his percentage of hitting the side of the backboard will go up, not actually going in. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, it also it also goes on to read that LeBron James is trying to do his annual training camp pre uh, player training camp prior to actual training camp this time in San Diego rather than Vegas. So Chris Haynes dropped this a, a few uh, what on Tuesday, and there's a lot going on there. Chris, what do you make of some of these developments? It also reads that Anthony Davis, uh, the team has been encouraged with Anthony Davis's off season progression. And, and that they want the offense to flow through Anthony Davis. They think he'll be able to carry a heavier load. What do you make of all these developments? And do you think this will lead to other dominoes possibly falling um, for the Lakers or any other team as well? Uh, first of all, I have to get to that Russell Westbrook thing. The team is hopeful for a corner three shooting percentage bump from Russell Westbrook next season. Now, when they say the term bump, are they actually talking about an increase in percentage or the noise that the ball is going to make when oh, it clanks off the rim. That's cold-blooded. That's cold-blooded, man. Oh. I mean, use, use cold as ice. <laughs> to quote Wesley Snipes from Dolomite is my name. What planet is this cat on? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Bro. Oh, my I God. Mean, when, I, when I read that, dude, I, I just – I had to just burst out into laughing. Uh, no, everything else that they said on there – I think that they are on the same page. I think they do want the same things. I do. I do believe that Darvin Ham is coming in 
trying to really leave his mark on the team and not just with dictating where the roster should go, but how they want to play an uptick in defensive tenacity, uh, the accountability aspect. And I hope Cam says that's going to include you, LeBron. That's going to include AD. That's going to include Westbrook if he's here to start the season. I think that is crucially important because if you're holding the stars accountable, it's going to trickle down to everybody else. I remember people used to say that Greg Popovich, even in Duncan's 16, 17 season in the league, he was still yelling at Timmy. Like he was in his first or second year. Like he was a wet behind the ears rookie. So, and, and that's what gave San Antonio their structure. That's what made pop such a brilliant coach is the fact that star, no star hall of famer, no hall of famer. I don't care how many championships you've won. If you're messing up, I'm going to tell you about it. I don't care who you are. If you're, if you're missing a defensive assignment, I'm going to get on you. We saw Pat Riley do that to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the 85 finals after he had a terrible game one. So, I mean, you need to do that. And, and I like the fact that they were getting on the same page on that. That being said, yeah, of course, LeBron is not going to just sign anything just to make the Lakers and, and the fans and the media and the front office give them peace of mind. No, he wants to win championships. He wants cohesion. He wants chemistry. He wants all of those things. But at the same point in time, I don't think those things could get accomplished with Russell Westbrook still on this roster. So, which leads me to say, Kyrie is, of course, still the first option. I agree with you on that. But I don't know how long you're willing to wait that out when there's other good options that could be third, fourth scoring options who could fit into Ham's system, fit well next to LeBron and AD. I, I still think you, you owe it to yourself to see what you can get from Utah, from Indiana. There was an interesting article from Hoops Hype laying out an interesting three-team deal that I think would make all of those teams happy, New York, the Lakers, and the Jazz, where the Lakers can get back uh, Bogdanovich. And Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. Man, you're solving a lot of scoring and shooting needs with those two. Or Malik Beasley. Of course, New York gets their star for the future in, or for the now and the future in Donovan Mitchell. And uh, uh, Julius Randle. Um, where, where, where does Randle end up? Does he end up in Utah? I think he ends up in Utah too, right? Yeah, 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 he would he, yeah. would he would end up in in Utah with with West. You don't so, you don't you don't trade two picks for Jordan Clarkson and Bogdanovich. No, that, that would in, that would include two picks. That's what yeah. that deal. Right. One and, one and, pick and, one pick for taking Russ and one pick for Clarkson and Bogey. Right. I, I wouldn't do I wouldn't do that. Do you, it's an interesting you, as far as fit though, Chaz. I'm not talking about the logistics. I'm talking about fit. You're right. That's something that Palinka's like. Damn, this is going to hamstring us financially. It takes us out of future sweepstakes for other free agents. And that's what it was explained in this article quote. It says Palenka explained patience will be a key in any potential moves. The Laker, the team makes sources said in a collaborative effort, all parties appear to be aligned on the common vision of seeing how the roster plays out before any drastic moves are sought. So what that means is patience is key. You wait it out. You see what's going to happen because you never know what's going to happen as far as now, what if what if the Lakers would have traded the picks, got Russ off at the trade deadline, didn't have any assets, and then find out that Kyrie wants to become a Laker? Now they don't even have anything to get him. This Which is, is why, why I said Palinka was genius for not making that move, even at LeBron's he, behest. Now, he, but he can't wait, and he cannot bring Russ going into training camp. Here's why: he already said that Vogel he wanted Vogel gone in so many words in his exit interview. Same reason why KD can't enter training camp now that he said that he wants Steve Nash gone. So there's certain guys, there's there's going to be a, a you're going to see a huge boost of motivation Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day. If guys aren't traded by Labor Day, they're probably going into because that was when Kawhi, I believe Kawhi was traded, like right before the start of training camp to Toronto and turned out to win a championship uh, in that only year he played with Toronto. So with that being said, man, there's, there's a lot moving and shaking. I, I do think that a lot of these guys will get deals eventually. Um, they're just not going to get offers because teams need to know that they're out of the running first. I personally, the way I would like to see it go down, I want to see KD in Boston. I want to see Kyrie in LA. I want to see Boston in LA tied for 17 championships the winner of the series gets to 18 and gets bragging rights. And it's LeBron James's chance to solidify himself as a Laker and win a championship against the Celtics. How great would that be? Especially 
in crypto.com arena where the Lakers were not able to win their 2020 championship. So I see everything through purple and gold goggles. I and am an unapologetic Laker apologist. Shout out John Ireland. And guess what, Chris? What's there's, there's a few other moves that are to be made. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. You know what? Here's to going for it. And being terrible. Here's to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage. To being the queen of the court. Oh, maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, even though your swing is the worst. Here's to going down way harder than you get back up. To giving it your all. Even though you kind of suck. But you know what doesn't suck? <laughs> Trying to do something you've never done before. That doesn't suck at all. Not even a little. Right now, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart how thankful I am, not only for today and all of you showing up and supporting us, but for 21 years. You all, you all supported me from the start. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna lie, it kinda sucks to lose my last game here, but you know what, I lost my first game too, so it's okay. Welcome back to the Outlet Forum podcast. In case you haven't already done so, be sure to download and follow the Outlet Forum on all major streaming platforms. We're on Spotify. We are on iHeartRadio. We're on Google Play. And of course, we are on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating. Drop a comment. Also, be sure to check us out on nightcastmedia.com, N-I-T-E-C-A-S-T media.com. Go to the shows tab, click on the Outlet Forum, and that'll take you to our Apple Podcast page. So Chaz, that sound you were just listening to was the sound of another end of an era. Legend. A legend says goodbye for the last time, at least for the regular season. Sue Bird is calling it a career after a sterling, legendary, memorable 21-year career playing all of those years with the Seattle Storm. And by the way, a fun fact about that game, it was the second sellout ever for a Seattle Storm game. So it just goes to show you that Sue Bird, what she meant, not just to the city of Seattle, but what she meant to women everywhere, to the WNBA, to the game of basketball. I mean, you can make the argument, Sue Bird, might, as far as popularity, might even be on par with Larry Bird. So, I mean, yeah. we, th- there could be a bird off. Uh, who, who is the more popular player? Uh, but no, Sue, Sue Bird, class personified. Uh, a four-time WNBA champion, 13-time WNBA All-Star, uh, five-time All-WNBA first team. Uh, I think she's a five-time gold medalist. So, I mean, just not – you can't say enough about, about who she is and what she means to the game of basketball. And uh, definitely the game won't be the same without her. Absolute legend. Um, over two decades in the WNBA, can't even count how many little girls and women that she inspired – to either get on the court or either persevere through whatever it is that they uh, were facing as well, whether it be off the court as well. Um, Shout out to Sue Bird for not only being um, just class personified in the words that she uttered uh, the other night in her last home game, um, but just being a model of consistency, Mm. um, whether, whether it be basketball, whether it be social injustice, whether it be women's rights, whether it be, um, the Olympics, you know, whether it be even playing at UConn, like sh- the consistency of her performance and her veracity uh, in different fields um, is what is going to be missed most, I, I would believe, um, as well as the just her overall heart and compassion for other for others and people that she played with and, and that she came into contact with. So shout out to Sue Bird, Sue Bird and um Congrats on your retirement, because I know she's ready to chill, especially with uh, 
is her wife. Yeah, they're married, right? Yeah, uh, no, no, they're engaged. Uh, Ma- Megan Rapino. Yeah, Megan, Megan Rapino. Rapino, uh, who's also a character in and of herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually just recently got the awarded the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, from President Biden. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, those two women have become icons in their respective sports and, and really have formed a dynamic sports power couple. You don't normally see that, but, uh, yeah, no, Sue Bird just means so much. And, and I think honestly, now it gives Seattle more motivation to go out and try to, uh, get, give Sue another championship, a swan song. I mean, they've got another MVP caliber player on their team in Brianna Stewart. I know they were coming off of a loss against the Las Vegas aces, but on Tuesday night, they actually beat the sky. So who knows? I mean, once you, once, as we know, in the playoffs, Chaz, everyone's back to zero, zero, anything could happen. So we'll who see knows? how far Seattle it, can go, but that's definitely up. a motivating, that's definitely a motivating factor to win, win one for Sue, send her out like the Gipper, win one for the no, Gipper. No doubt. No doubt. But there was something else that happened over the weekend that we got to touch on, man. And I don't know where this came from. I don't know the backstory. I did some digging and DeJounte Murray mm. and number one, who DeJounte Murray, who is an all-star traded from the San Antonio Spurs now paired up with Trey young on the Atlanta Hawks. It's official. They had a pro am uh, they played in, um, you know, they had a pickup game, summer pickup game. A lot of these programs are happening now, similar to the Drew League. Shout out to the Drew League, who now is being streamed on the NBA.com app and NBA.com as well. That's huge, especially for the Drew League. Shout out everybody in Compton, L.A. native, um, speaking here, giving you guys your flowers. But uh, DeJounte Murray and Paula Bancaro were going at it. And I must say, DeJounte Murray had a great move. He had a move where he goes right. He's at the right elbow. He looks like he's in no man's land, uh, but he fakes the a pass behind Paulo's back. Paulo's like, wow, where's the ball going? And in that moment of uh, confusion, DeJounte Murray takes it upon himself to throw the ball off the backboard to himself, catches it one hand, and at the same time, Paulo is jumping at the same time, and he gets banged on by DeJounte and DeJounte pulls no punches, grabs the ball, talks his smack, throws the ball at Paulo, and proceeds to run up the court. Now, there was a few a few different messages that were played out on Twitter or on, on Instagram, I should say. Yeah. And DeJounte they were posted had, on Twitter, but it's it was actually an Instagram beef, which you don't see very exactly. often. It, Exactly. And, and, and they're at each other. And I like, I like the fact that DeJounte, you know, went straight at Paulo on this, but uh, Paulo said on the app about the altercation, he said, I told him that YB is better than young thug. He just snapped and he just, he's just, and for those of you that don't know, he just said that one, one rapper is better than the other. And he's just joking with him, you know, and, and just trying to get under his skin but DeJounte, from what I could tell, wasn't taking this very lightly at all. And he says on his IG, end quote, you tried to flex that number one pick shit on me when I was when I've been rooting for you when you was a kid asking to rebound for me and at some Apollo. Don't get on this Internet saying nothing. You changed from a humble kid. You always was. And I stand on that shit, boy. And, you know, you made it and changed. And I lost all respect. Change, stay humble. This life. You you win now is real and ain't no joke. I want to see you win because that's who I am. And they just go back and forth trading jabs. Right. And at one point, DeJounte, I mean, he has this pause moment where he's like, Man, like, I'm gonna blow your back out as soon as like <laughs> like and I'm just like, whoa, 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 pause, guys. Cause that's number one, that's yeah, you know, that's, that's... it could be taken as a sexual <laughs> and then, <laughs> And number two, it's like, come on, man. Like this NBA, this, this shit is getting too out of hand. He also goes on to say to my NBA brothers, if you're healthy and love hooping, get out to these pro-ams and these kids and people you can't afford to see us. I, I do agree um, with that. Yeah. We ain't too big for that shit. And I, I love the fact that DeJounte said that because LeBron James is the main one that started that. He's the biggest star mm-hmm. in the league and, and he's going to Compton, letting kids see him play for free. You know, people like DeJounte Murray and others, you know, you see Isaiah Thomas playing in these pro-ams. You see, you know, Trey Young playing. Um, 
Jello, you know, Jello Ball had 52 points in the Drew League. Um, I mean, these pro-ams are, are big news. But here's the thing, and I'll give it to you and, 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 and say this and also ask the question. Was DeJounte out of line at all? Or whose side are you taking? Because I think personally, DeJounte is doing too much. Way too much. This is the same guy that's tapping balls on the back of people's heads while he's playing against him and just absolutely disrespecting folk left and right. So I think he's doing a little bit too much. Obviously, something got under his skin. I don't know the whole backstory with these two guys. Clearly, they've yeah. known each other since they were kids. But what's your take on it and whose side are you repping? And I'm, and I'm a big DeJounte Murray fan. And this just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. It's one thing if you're talking smack and you're busting a dude in a pro-am and trying to make him look bad, give him a welcome to the big league, even though this is not obviously an NBA-sanctioned game. It's still sort of a welcome to the big leagues, kid. Like, I'm going to show you number one pick and all. I mean, that's all normal stuff. That is probably That could be a lot worse once Bancaro gets into the game. By the way, uh, Bancaro initially came off saltier than my grandmother's calamari. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> and by the way, Bancaro knows what I'm talking about because he's half Italian himself. So uh, that's the thing. But then once I started reading these other posts from Murray and saying all this other stuff, calling him a little boy, he's too soft. And Bancaro clearly clapped back saying, uh, LOL, unfollowed me on the gram and everything. It must be personal, huh? That's fine. Yep. Just make sure you guard up next time and stop sending double uh, doubles family with uh, the crying face or the, the crying laughing emoji. So I'm on, I'm on Bancaro's side only because it's like, you know, I, I don't think he would blatantly disrespect Murray like that. I think Murray got a little bit too far ahead of himself. I mean, smack talk is one thing, Chaz, but when you start, clowning a guy too hard and you start blatantly disrespecting him like that like like you know what i mean it's like bro yeah I, ca it, ca calm down a little bit over here because you're gonna make yourself if he if he tries to show you up that's different he's a rookie he's 18 19 years old he doesn't know any better you've been in the league now for the last four or five years and now um, you're trying to kick a dude when he's down so i think this whole thing has been blown out of proportion a little bit too much but clearly Bancaro must have done something even before this game started that made DeJounte put a target on his back like he's freaking American sniper. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I'm taking Paulo's side because that fool has an NBA body pause that is ready to go, man. He is going Orlando versus Atlanta is going to be must see is going to be the NBA league pass game of the night all four times that they play this season. Unless one of them are, are hurt hey, Paulo, and not in the lineup. And I got a message for Paulo. In case he uh, doesn't get that seven seafood Italian dinner that we usually have on Christmas Eve, I'll save him a plate. <laughs> You're the, all right. All right. No doubt. <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, man, this, this has been fun. But we got we to gotta keep going. We got to keep the fun going. And you guys know what that means. You guys know what time it is. It's the outlet form social media post of the week. Chris, let's get busy, bro. I know we got a lot of different options out there. What is your social media posts of the week, my man? You know, I saw this one from Bleacher Report on IG. So Jason Tatum, I think, was hosting uh, a camp. And he said, and the caption says, he didn't have to do Deuce like that. So as we know, Jason is a father to young Deuce. I believe Deuce is, looks like he's four years old. Uh, so Deuce was going up for a shot and Tatum, just completely rejects him. Like, like Deuce didn't even know what was going on over there. And, and the caption says, little man was in shock with the, with the crying emoji. I mean, that's, that's rough right there. You know, I mean, I don't have any kids of my own, Chaz. And I've always wondered, like, what kind of dad would I be? Would I be one that actually lets them score? Or am I going to be one that says, oh, you're going to try to go up on me? Boom. <laughs> Think twice coming up in this paint, kid. So I thought that was, no that doubt. was pretty funny right there, but uh, yeah, a lot of people were like, come on, man, JT, what are you doing? I mean, and then one, uh, somebody said, we told you at Jason Tatum zero never lets up. <laughs> hey man, he doesn't because he, he be blocking people shots left and right. But I love seeing that video. Um, that was a good man. Message. There was just, there was just so many things to choose from, but I, I gotta go. I gotta go personally. 
Oh man, it's so it's so it's so hard. But all right, I'm gonna go with at Jay Z daily. Um, this isn't funny or anything like that. This is just my homage to Kendrick Lamar, who paid his homage homage to Jay Z. Um, this is from at Jay Z daily. Kendrick Lamar thanks Jay Z, who's in attendance in a white bucket hat. Uh, during an impromptu performance at the Dumbo House in New York this past weekend. Um, and thanks, Jay, Jay, for letting him use his sample line, I do this for my culture. And in the rest of that line, he says, to let him know what an inward look like in a bulletproof rover. Blood on my shoulder. I mean, that song is great. For all of you hip-hop fans that love Kendrick Lamar and know Jay-Z's H to the Izzo line from back in 01, that's my social media post of the week. And for me... That's just the torch that's just keep being passed. And for hip hop and for people that are fans of those two artists, uh, I thought that was special to see. So not sports related, but the culture related and pushing the, the culture forward. I got to give a shout out to Kendrick Lamar for throwing his flowers to Jay-Z, who never charges for any of these samples or lines that need to be cleared. Because why? Wants to push the culture forward. So shout well, out Hove. And shout out to at J underscore Z underscore daily. And, and I'm not surprised by that comment by Kendrick Lamar honoring somebody. Obviously he looked up to, you know why Chaz? Cause I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, loyalty inside my DNA. That's Kendrick Lamar. That's his line. Good He's got one, loyalty. Baby. Good one, man. So, I mean, really quick. I know we found out live, but uh, shout out Vince Scully. Definitely. Um, I was not at the game on Friday, but being at the game this past Sunday where the Dodgers completely blew through the San Diego, the new look San Diego Padres. They still got to get Tatis back in the lineup, but the Dodgers absolutely blew the doors off of them and, and swept them. It was something to be in Dodger Stadium. So shout out to to Ben Scully, the Dodger family, Ben Scully family. Um, shout out to Bill Russell again. Shout out to Sue Bird on her retirement. Oh, um, shout out to Olivia Newton-John and Roger E. Mosley. They they both yeah. passed away. Uh, yeah, Mosley was, I believe, uh, in his early 70s. And so was Oof. Olivia Newton-John. I mean, two two respected, well-respected actors and actresses. And uh, yeah, of course, we, we remember Olivia from, from Greece, Chaz. You know, I grew up on yep. that movie. Yeah. Well, with that being said, don't want to get out of here on a somber note, but shout out to those and that paved the way for us. Thank you for everybody that listens to the outlet forum. If you guys have any feedback or if you guys want to tap in with us, you guys know where to get at us at on Twitter for me at Chaz Pearson and on Instagram at Chaz P follow us on the outlet forum on Instagram and Twitter. Chris, where can they follow you? My man. You can always follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Camelo. I'm also on Instagram, C Camelo one Camelo's corner by Chris Camelo on Facebook and be sure to download and follow all our podcasts, all major streaming platforms. And like Chaz was saying on our IG and on our Twitter, you guys know what time it is. Get at us next week. We might have a special guest with some news dropping until next time. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.